episode two of the Chief Yuya podcast. And, and in this segment, we're dealing with building, 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 and how building relates to not only uh, the person that we're creating and cultivating inside of us, but even the individuals that we come across that would choose to challenge or debate or to question some of the lifestyle choices that we've made and uh, how the building that they've done inside of themselves and outside of themselves either validates them or discredits them from even being able to uh, challenge them in ways that people so often love to do. We're also going to be dealing with the concept of Solomon and more specifically Solomon's temple and how it relates to our personal development and the cultivation of who and what we are as builders. All right. So we'll be back with that topic. Okay. I wanted to deal with this topic of building or, or really more, more distinctly, what have you built? Because often in the work that we do, uh, as, as community workers, as organizers, as healers, as just people who are seeking and, and working to make a change in ourselves and in the community around us. You know, often you have those in the peanut gallery, those naysayers and, and those who, would cho- who choose to learn from us by way of debate. They learn from us by way of, of conflict and instead of having the humility to just ask, you know, what is this that you're doing and, you know, how can I learn more? You know, how can I be involved? How, you know, instead of doing that, often you have people who use conflict and they use derision as a way to pull the jewels and the information from you. And sometimes this even happens, you know, in in our our regular employment situations or, you know, just in any exertion that we're attempting to do it doesn't necessarily have to be within a spiritual or cultural community. But even sometimes at work, we end up finding ourselves um engaged in discussions and arguments and and battles that we need not be if we really just ask the question uh, of ourselves and of the people who we're currently in conflict conflict with and ask what have you built because if you've not built what i've built then you're not really qualified to speak to me about or and when i say speak to me you're not really qualified to check me you're not really qualified to correct me you know and of course I, I, I'm not going to say I deal with it often, but I see it often. A lot of times on my videos and things that I post, people have so many opinions about what I should be doing and how I should be doing it and what I should be saying. What did I say right? What did I say wrong? And the truth is, when you're in the know, you don't have as much judgment. You know, one of the ways that you gain wisdom, that you come into the know, is by doing and by building and by experience and what you find through your experience and by your doing and by your building that it becomes humbling. You don't speak so much. You don't offer so much unsolicited opinion, you know, or unsolicited advice because you understand through the process of trying to make something happen or making something happen that there's going to be success. There's going to be failures. But more importantly, in order for you to move forward, you have to keep an open mind. Individuals with an open mind tend to talk less. Why? Because they're open. So they spend more time listening than speaking. Individuals with a closed mind, they have everything they've ever, they're ever going to need. And now their mission is to police everyone else and tell them what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing. When you've been doing real work for a while, you 
start to uncover and learn the patterns of those who actually are in the know, how they move, how they speak, the type of protocol they use when they're speaking to people. You find a lot of times they tend to be a bit more polite than those who don't know. When people are jumping in and, you know, and, and always telling you what you need to be doing or maybe even throwing shade and things like that. One of the first things you have to ask is, well, what have you built? Because if I've built, you know, let's say a three story edifice or I've built an organization that's been, you know, maybe even if not thriving, but, you know, hitting the median level for two years, three years, five years, 10 years. And you've not done anything, nothing. You've not built anything, you know, you've not established any real relationships in the, in, in the community or you've not even gotten yourself beyond what you imagine doing for yourself. Why are you speaking? Why are you even talking? And, and, and I know individuals like that. I know a lot of individuals like this. They have all the oh, you should do it like this. You should do it like this. Here, let me show you how you do that. But they've never done anything that they're talking about. Not one thing. Which disinvalidates whatever they're saying because through your very appearance and through your very actions, you show that you already disprove whatever theorem you would choose to offer. You know, because building and destroying are both qualifiers. So if a person can come to you and say, hey, well, maybe I haven't built anything, but I've destroyed a lot of things. Okay, well, let's talk. Because it just, you know, the same coin, just different sides, just different polarities. So you can tell me what not to do. I've lost 10 businesses. I tried to invest in real estate seven different times. Ended up going into foreclosure seven different times. I didn't know how to collect on the rent or or I was trying to flip houses, but I didn't know how to hire a proper team to renovate the houses properly. I didn't know how to properly evaluate the land and, and evaluate evaluate the neighborhoods to see if the, the, the value of the homes were going to go up. Man, I really messed up. Seven times over. Okay, I can show you how to destroy your bank account. I can show you how to destroy your dream. I can just show you how to destroy your relationship. But see, nonetheless, there's been experience. And via that experience, now there's, there's wisdom that's gained. Whether I have the wisdom of failure or I have the wisdom of success. A lot of times, those that you find yourself engaged in battles with have not done either one of those things. They've neither failed nor succeeded. They haven't even tried because they they channel all of their energy into speaking and judging with a closed mind. Because when you have a closed mind, a closed mind is a product of fear. So what does fear say? Don't even try. Don't even do it. So when you start asking them, well, have you done this? Have you done that? They'll start giving you every excuse in the book. Oh, well, you know, I would, but I'm, you know, I'm, I got this situation here. I got a bad leg and every time it rains, I feel this bullet, you know, that I got. And I had a Boy Scouts injury where I got sliced with a, you know, a, a Swiss Army knife when we were making knots and foraging for mushrooms. And I got real sick. So now I can't stand on my feet too long and I can't sit too long either. You know, you know, they got all of these different excuses. And the reality is this is not a person who should be even talking. They're not qualified to speak, period. We're talking about protocol, village protocol, village rules, a community protocol, community rules, nation protocol, nation rules, clan protocol, clan rules. I'm not talking to everyone. I made that clear in the first podcast. I'm not talking to everyone because a lot of people, oh, he, you shouldn't speak. How could you? Who are you to say who shouldn't speak? Those are the ones who shouldn't speak. They, those are the ones that should shut up because you can look at what I have built, me. Chief Yuya, 
talking to my, to, about myself in the third person again. It's the second time. I did it in the first podcast to make a point. I got to do it one more time. I don't like doing it, but I got to do it one more time. You can look at all the things that I've built and see, well, no, this man is out there. He's he's doing it. Between family, children, land, businesses, movements, elays, organizations, initiations, and then the initiations he's done for people, the, the teaching, all of the lessons. I mean, the list goes on and on. After school programs, before school programs, Saturday academies, rites of passage. I've been building. I've been building for decades now. I am qualified to speak about what it is that I'm doing. If you don't have the time and the effort in like I have, you're not qualified to tell me what to do. If I ask you for your opinion, that's something something different. So if I've been doing this work, let me see. Now it's 28 years. I've been on this path and doing this work on a, on a you know, um, publicly. So I didn't start 28 years ago, but 28 years ago was the first time I stood in front of people and said, hey, you know, here's some insight. Here's some this, here's some that. And they, wow, thank you. <laughs> that, you know, that helps. That was 28 years ago. If you have two years in, three years in, five years in, you're not qualified to speak to me or to tell me what to do or how to do it, so forth and so on. If you have 35 years in, I'm not qualified to speak to you and tell you what to do, so forth and so on. You see, now that's just proper etiquette protocol and and just good manners. It doesn't mean that I don't have something to share. It doesn't mean that you don't have something to share, but we have to move with protocol first. And that's what's missing. So when you ask that simple question, well, what have you built? Nothing. Then why are you talking so much? You can even find that in the conscious groups. I know it's flashed some of your minds as soon as I said it. You got all these quote unquote teachers and gurus out there. 95% of them don't even have families, but they're talking about community. They don't even have a family, but they're talking about what they can build. Give me money, send me money so I can build this and build that. They haven't even been able to sustain the dynamics of a family. Then they want to build schools, fictitious schools or fictitious programs. They've never even built a business. They've never even had an after school program. They've never even had a Saturday Academy. Nothing. They've built nothing but have all the advice and all the criticism in the world for those who are doing it. That's a form of insanity. That's a form of insanity. What are you building? All right. Time for some housekeeping and then I'll be right back on this topic. I want to thank all of you who've started donating and trickling the seeds onto the fertile soil for all whores go to heaven the documentary film that i'm currently producing and uh, thank you so very much of course many of you who have uh who previously donated to the kickstarter you know that that campaign actually ran out and we didn't uh complete the funding there so i moved it over to gofundme.com so it's gofundme.com forward slash a w g t h but i want to thank all of you sincerely who have um helped with that you know in every every little bit you know in any little bit that you've given thank you so much and um you know we're still a long way <laughs> from from where we're trying to get in terms of our goal but we will get there and it is still on schedule a lot of people have asked me thought that we that i gave up on the idea but no 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 
all whores go to heaven is still in effect. We're still working on it. All right. I also want to let you guys know that I'm possibly considering another uh, national tour again, you know, just stopping and hitting some of the points. So for any of you, who, any of you who are interested in hosting an event, you know, a workshop or ritual speaking event class, whatever, just send an email to bookings at osirislife.com bookings b o o k i n g s at o s i r i s l i f e.com all right so we were looking to do it maybe in the in the fall you know uh just to give give everyone a little bit of a heads up uh, so if there's if the interest is there then i'll hit the road and you know, we'll do some some nice classes and whatnot. And I'll give you some more information on that. But if you're interested, just shoot an email there. Also, the 14 Keys audiobook is out and on Amazon. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's also on iTunes. I could be wrong about that. I got to check on that. But for those of you who want to um, soak up the 14 Keys, you know, in, uh, in, in audio form, you know, you can definitely get that on Amazon. People who have gotten it have let me know they they really, really, really enjoyed it. So I've gotten some great feedback. And please, as always, man, leave feedback on on Amazon in the in the comments, like the reviews. You know, what I mean, leave it there. I, I do appreciate you telling me, but definitely leave it in the reviews. And the same thing for these segments. If you're enjoying these segments, please leave a uh, review on iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes, okay, to let the world know. You know um, how much these segments have been a blessing to you and how much they've ministered to you. All right. And one final heads up. We got the our new women's group that we're working on right now. So all of you women who want to pull closer and get closer to our new and what we're doing, that time is coming up. All right. So I'm going to get back to the subject and uh, we're going to keep on trucking <laughs> forward. All right. Here we go. OK, cool, cool, cool. So we're back and. Um, you know, we were speaking about the value of building and how it really places itself at the center of reasonings that we may have with people. And sometimes um, we're unable to defend our stance, you know, because we don't realize that we're reasoning with insanity. We're, we're reasoning or we're trying to reason with someone who is coming from a different level, different perspective, because if I've only, if I've taken an elevator and I've only been able to get up to the third floor and you're able to get up to the hundredth floor, you know, I can't really debate with you because I can barely see you. And I really don't even see all the steps that you've gone through, all the floors that you've gone through in order to be able to get where you're where you're at. I've only made it to floor three. All right. So just in a real simple way. So but one of the things that I had specified when we began was that the idea of the Temple of Solomon. I know where does that fit in, right? You know, of course, when we talk about the Temple of Solomon, the idea of building and of course, Freemasonry and the Knights Templar, you know, these are different. Um, and of course the Bible, you know, but these are, these are concepts that are, that are at the forefront a lot of times in people's thoughts, you know, with that central idea is that masonry and that masonry aspect and really building something and maybe even what the temple represents as a microcosm to a greater macrocosmic concept. But, you know, again, yeah, central to the idea of the Temple of Solomon is building, you know, that's central to that idea. And what do we build with? How do we build? Right. Where do we begin? Which is which is often a question 
that comes up. You know, people always want to know first steps. So a lot of the work that I do, like the books that I write, whether it be the videos I put out on Arisha that are on Vimeo that you can buy and rent. I think you can rent them on video or the books on Amazon and things like that. A lot of them, I always tell you, yeah, this is where you start. This is where you start. And it doesn't mean that I don't have information that'll take you to step 10, 12, 13, 14, 15. But so many have not built the foundations of their temple and but they're looking to adorn it. You know, it's uh, you're, you're you're spray painting and you're putting glitter and glam and, and glitz on uh, something that's been made out of wax paper, as opposed to building it with the proper wood and the proper bricks and, you know, the proper materials that will assure that from there you can you can launch anything you want off of it. You know, often I've spoken about the value of a good engine. When you're talking about corporations and businesses and when your engine is strong or your foundation is strong, you can introduce any type of fantastic, you know, um, project or fantastic product or service right into your engine because it's already strong. Right. So um, when we're dealing with it, with like the, the Temple of Solomon, this is a, this is a key thing here. And it made me really think of it because a young man asked me something recently um, a question about an archetype that he sees all the time. And I thought it was a great question. You know, uh, he's a teenager and, you know, at that age, you know, there's been a lot of talk and stuff about Illuminati and, you know, even I think it's fading a little bit now, but, you know, a lot of people were playing with that and different symbols and ideas of the Illuminati, you know, some years back in music and whatnot. So he had asked me about Baphomet and he said, you know, what is that? Basically, is that the devil? You know, did he asked me about certain music artists that they make a deal with Baphomet to become famous? Can I make a deal with Baphomet? You know, so um, it made me think about it in terms of uh, obviously what we're talking about today. So, you know, all things are synchronicitous and bring us to a certain place on, you know, on purpose. Right. So the Temple of Solomon. Now, when you look at it in, in the. Um, the Latin, but you know, you know, Solomon built this temple and there were certain instructions to build it. And the temple was supposed to be the housing of the Ark of the Covenant. So essentially, and, and this is a really quick and easy way, the uh, temple of Solomon was supposed to house the spirit or the light of the almighty. That was supposed to be the idea that was supposed to happen there. But at the same time, if you understand anything about that particular age, that it was said that Solomon was supposed to have been alive in, which was basically the Iron Age. This wasn't an age of large and great edifices. So the what you have described in the Bible in terms of how that temple would have been or how that temple would have looked, mm -hmm. on a physical level, it wouldn't have looked like that. You know, on a physical level, that's why they haven't, they can't find it. You know, so it's said that the temple was built or is still, it lies underneath some of the temples of Jerusalem or some of the buildings of Jerusalem. But the truth is they'll never find it because they're looking for this large edifice and building that, you know, has all of these different special stones and jewels. And it has the pillars of bronze that are in front of it. And of course, these are things that were given metaphorically, just like the idea of Solomon or Sol Amon, Sun, Amon, Amon, hidden, hidden sun or Sol Amon, son of man, Sol Oman. Right. So these are all metaphorical ideas. And from that rise, the true meaning of of what the structure and, and the magnificent surroundings that go around the structures are supposed to represent. Right. So 
in a real simple sense, like I said, there was a connection there, of course, to Baphomet because in the Latin, when you have the Temple of Solomon, um, its name, you know, is actually uh, Templi, Templi Amenem Hominem Pasisabas. Templi Amenem Hominem Pasisabas. Okay? So that's the Latin for it. And, and uh, Templi Omnium Hominem Pasis Abbas basically just means, or it, it means, not even basically, it means um, the the God of or the pace, the place of where there is peace for all people or for all men, right? So um, in short form, you know, they say it's a temple of peace among people or the temple of peace amongst men. That's what the, that's what the temple of Solomon the name the name of the actual temple actually is you know the temple of peace among men right so the latin again is templi amenem hominem passis apus and i used to say that and <laughs> my youth used to think that was so funny when i was teaching them about <laughs> the edifices of solomon you know like i guess tell you guys a lot of this this information that i've taught and teach i used to teach the children you know, so because they pick up on it much quicker than adults do, you know, no, no, no shade to the adults listening. But, you know, children just they're, they're all they're they're more open and their minds are a bit more pliable, you know. But anyway, so in short, you know, the Latin, we usually don't say the full words like that. Simply, I'm going to passes Abbas. We simply say Tim of Ab, Tim of Ab, Tim T-E-M as in Atim um, Off O-P-H Ab That's that's the shortened form Now if you take Tim Off Ab And you put the letters together 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 <laughs> You put the letters together And then you spell it backwards So Tim Off Ab Is spelled T-E-M-O-P-H-A-B Tim Off Ab You take it Reverse it You get Baphomet. Okay. So back in the days when the Knights Templar, when that when they were when they came into existence, which was really between like eleven eleven and eleven eighteen, okay, the uh, Knights Templar, they were accused of worshiping Baphomet. Okay, that was the accu accusation back then, right? And you can kind of see, well, maybe there there might have been something to that, right? So, you know, and I'm also answering the young man's question. You know, he and I, we built on it, and I explained to him what Baphomet really is. And that there's, there's multiple Baphomets. There's, Baphomet is really a title. There's not just one Baphomet. But um, even there, right, when you're dealing with that that idea of the of the temple of solomon you're dealing with building why it relates to what we're talking about so much you know first of all like i said you have this idea of you know peace you know and peace among men so when you're building and i also often tell couples this if you're working towards something and you're building something you're going to find that you're not going to be arguing as much you know it's not going to be as much conflict because you have your sights focused on something that it is that you're supposed to be doing right so it kind of smooths over many of those rough edges if you will right so anyway baf itself means to be saturated or or to totally emerge yourself into something that's what baf means b-a-p-h-e to be totally immersed in something 
and metis, M-E-T-I-S, means wisdom. So baphomet actually means to be totally drowned or totally soaked because wisdom here or, or Sophia actually likens itself to water in this form. But it means to be totally immersed in wisdom. That's what Baphomet actually means, to be immersed in wisdom. So again, when we look at the temple and we look at building and what we're doing, we're immersing ourselves in wisdom, whether we win or whether we lose, whether we fail or whether we, we succeed, we're still soaking and saturating ourselves completely in wisdom. And that's what the Temple of Solomon is. It's an execution. It's, it's an exertion towards the finding and the acquiring of great wisdom and that arcanum of information and, and writings, you know, and, and just experiences that we begin to have now allows us to evolve into the Godhead, which is a much deeper <laughs> experience because now then we get into Kundalini and serpents and why the serpents are connected to the Temple of Solomon as well. And even it goes into St. Patrick, you know, we were told St. Patrick went into Ireland and, and removed all the snakes and, you know, we celebrate because of that, but they never tell you that there's actually no snakes in Ireland. So that was a totally false story. What, what it represents, the snakes represented was what they call paganism or those who were still dedicated to the old ways of wisdom. And that's what he went in and eradicated. It was a massacre. It wasn't, it wasn't a nice, it wasn't a, something that you want to dress up in green and, you know, <laughs> and go drink and have fun about, you know, it was a horrible thing, especially for those of us who were invested in alternative wisdom. But, um, like I said, so when you're building and you're actually doing something and you're immersing yourself in wisdom, it brings peace among all people the actual concept of building when you're not building then you have confusion and strife strife you have people who are well, what are you doing what's what you up to and you should do it this way and you should do it that way because they're not at peace because they're not actually building solomon's temple and the idea of building solomon's temple is becoming the godhead or taking the snake and lifting the snake above all people and evolving it to it because that's essentially what the, the temple represents is the godhead which is again a much you know maybe i'll do a, a some kind of breakdown on that some other time but that takes us down a much longer road of what that actually means and even the, the pillars and you know each stone each piece of wood each pillar means something for instance um the instruction was was to use bronze pillars in the front and of course it was um one pillar was called uh jockin and the other one was called boaz right and Jachin, you know, there's no J's in the Hebrew language. So it was Yakin, you know, and Yakin or Yak in Hebrew means one, you know, so it was talking about unity. You see, it was talking about oneness. You see, so the temple of Solomon itself is metaphorical as to the temple that we're building ourselves in, because when you really learn what the temple is, you find out and you realize you're the temple of light. You're the temple of the son of man. You're the temple of the hidden sun. It's you. The hidden sun is what? Your soul, your spirit. So if your body is that temple and you're that temple, then you start to understand the value of even your own proportions. You know, the value of, uh, again, another con <laughs> another conversation um, that we'll have because I'm trying not to, you notice these segments, um, I'm going right to it, you know. But um, like you have that value of that, of that uh, Vitruvian man where we, we learn about the Fibonacci codes and sequence and the proportions of the universe and the perfect proportions of the human body. 
you are the temple. It's you. It's you. And as long as you're building that temple, you're building peace inside of yourself. And building that temple doesn't just mean working out. It means taking all of the perfect uh, streams of consciousness, all of those different things and developing them. So when you look at the instructions for Solomon's temple, and you understand what each ingredient means on a metaphorical level. You start to understand what creates that perfection in you as a person. OK. All right. Now, so I cut my Q&A <laughs> time and section in a real serious way. And so as a result, I'm going to answer one question really quickly. Is Baphomet evil? Yes and no. Sophia, a wisdom has often been seen as evil. So as a result, you know, that feminine nature, that feminine energy, uh, Eve, that woman, because Eve was was Eve and Sophia are the same person. Eve, Sophia, the serpent, same person. OK, but there's a there's a combining between the three. But anyway, we'll get into that another time. So Baphomet is not evil. No, uh, it's all in your perspective of good and evil and what changes and transforms you. If you're afraid to allow wisdom to change and transform you, then yes, you know, Baphomet would be evil. Um, if you're willing to totally immerse yourself in the experience of, of living or the experience of humanity, then Baphomet is where you need to be. But there were whole spiritual orders in the past devoted to this idea of immersion into wisdom, which is why we see that serpent or the wise one always depicted on the crowns of many different rulers, because putting that serpent on the crown means that I've risen, risen above. I've evolved above the base, above base human nature and wrap up to our second segment of Chief Yuya. I hope you've been, I will that you have enjoyed it up until this point. And of course, like I said, leave those iTunes reviews. <laughs> if you like the books and the video, whatever, whatever, you just leave a review. Let people know. You know, you guys know I don't do a whole lot of promo and I'm not a big social media person. I, you know, I do a little something, but let people know, make little videos, do memes, do reviews, put it out there. But anyway, to wrap up, <laughs> Um, building is the immersion in wisdom, whether it's wisdom that's guided, you know, uh, towards success or, or wisdom that is that is uh, as a, is a product of failure. But when you have people who are coming to you and trying to debate you and trying to tell you how you should live and how you should move and how you should do this and how you should do that. The first thing you have to make a determination of is what have you built? And as there are different bath bathomets, there are different tenth off. You know, there, there are different pools of wisdom. You see, there's more than one Baphomet. There's more than one Temple of Solomon. And we all have the soul or the son of man. You know, our pineal, your pineal is not my pineal, even though it connects us all through a, through a unified field of consciousness, that pineal vibration. But the reality is that we have different ones. So we all have a different journey. So even though I may have built uh 30,000 cruise ships. I may not know anything about building a, a condominium with 300 units. You see, I may know about, about building, but building on water is different than or building for water is different than building on and for land. You see, so each pool of wisdom or each experiences experience allows us now to join a ministry or a group of others who may now be able to guide us in that way. But if you've not built what another has built, then keep your mouth closed. That's protocol. That's our new protocol. 
There has to be a hierarchy of respect. We've lost that here in the West because it's there's so much arrogance here. You know, there's so much disrespect for legacy. There's so much disrespect for ancestorhood and eldership that we have no respect for people's trades, people's journey, people's wisdom. And of course, knowledge must precede wisdom. That's why there were instructions given as to how to build a temple. Do it this way and you will derive the wisdom that you're supposed to have. I can't build it for you. I won't build it for you. I won't even give you all the answers, but I'll tell you how to build your journey and, and build the structure and the stratagem of your journey in a way that is intelligent, in a way that is complete. All right. So that was it. For our second segment and of course uh for those of you who want further one-on-one -on -one consultations ask osiris.com for coaching osirislife.com for classes seduluhouse.com see we got you covered with everything <laughs> and you know the books are on amazon and everything like that and i will see you next segment peace